Hey, Founder Fam, before we dive into another incredible conversation, I want to share something really special with you. Whether you're just joining us or you've been following us since the beginning, you've been a critical part of our community working to change entrepreneurial education. I started Founder almost a decade ago with the mission to provide entrepreneurs access to the world's greatest business leaders. Our goal was to break down barriers to entrepreneurial education, and that's taken us on a journey from Founder Magazine to this podcast and beyond. And today marks the next step in that journey, Founder Plus. I'm proud to introduce you to Founder Plus, which is an all-access pass to each of our online courses and programs and their proven frameworks for success. It puts every strategy we've compiled from world-class instructors at your fingertips while connecting you to a global network of like-minded entrepreneurs. Founder Plus will take your business to the next level for today and tomorrow. So whether you've just joined our family or you've watched us grow from humble beginnings, we're really thrilled to have you join us in this exciting new phase of making the founder brand and this company the world's best entrepreneurial community to launch and grow your business. So finally, before we get into today's episode, I'm inviting you to come back, check out Founder Plus and go to founder.com forward slash membership. I'm really excited, guys. This is an incredible new evolution of entrepreneurial education, and our mission is really to get as many of these founders that we interview to teach and also give back on the Founder Plus platform and really go more in depth with the knowledge and the experiences and the lessons learned that they're sharing all in Founder Plus. So guys, please go check it out if you're enjoying these interviews. That's it from me. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's jump in. This is episode number 426 with Jen Proctor of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today's guest, Jen, is the founder of Cultivated Entertainment and one of the most respected names in PR and talent. So after years of working across all things talent, agency, development, daily TV shows and more, Jen took the leap into entrepreneurship five and a half years ago with the launch of Cultivated Entertainment, which is a full-service talent consulting firm that strives for inclusivity, positive change, and projects that inspire. They're really breaking all the old school rules of how Hollywood works, favoring compassion over cutthroat, and offer a really comprehensive variety of services under one roof, from booking celebrities and guests for TV shows, campaigns, and events, to handling negotiations, to consulting with brands on how to pair talent and projects. And she's on everyone's speed dial, including clients like YouTube, Meta, Netflix, Disney, Tonal, and beyond. Her current slate of projects consists with the likes of Drew Barrymore, Pharrell, Jamie Foxx, Kevin Hart, David Spade, Will Arnett, 
Dana Carvey, Jay Shetty, and so many more. And today we're really going to uncover everything you need to know about working with talent, working with creators, and really how you can leverage talent to grow your business. And I even asked Jen how I could get Elon Musk on the show and interview him for this podcast. Please welcome to the show, Jen Proctor. The first question we ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job, aka how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? I found myself doing the work I am today because I was a singer my whole life. I was a talent and I loved being in front of the camera and I loved being a performer. And uh, long story short, when that didn't work out, I said to myself, I really want to be a good person in the entertainment industry. I didn't feel like there were good people that existed in that business. And from that moment and every single day since, and, you know, I will continue to strive to be that good person. Hmm. So when did you start Cultivated Entertainment? Cultivated is officially about seven years old. Um, and it was stemmed from my work in various aspects. Uh, my career, I've been um, in all, all different facets of the industry, production side, agency side, um, label side. And um, it's really the culmination of all of those things. Got you. So how does one... Um yeah, get started like with a talent agency uh, and, and convince, you know, you, you've represented some very, very well-known people. Like how, how do you start? Like talk us through that. What did the early days look like? The early days looked like uh, me sitting on my dining room table with a laptop, you know, glued to the phone. That was, you know, before Zoom and before I feel like even, you know, even email so much, it, this, the, you know, we used to talk to each other on the phone a lot more than we do now, but it really came down to, so prior to this, prior to launching the company, I was head of talent at a company called Embassy Row, and they are a division of Sony television, um, which do a lot of their unscripted and what unscripted television is, you know, reality, game shows, talk shows, basically anything that isn't scripted. Um, and so I oversaw all the talent for them uh, and developing projects that were talent-based, booking talent across different shows that they had. Um, and my hands were sort of tied behind my back. Not sort of, they were, right? You know, working for someone else, having to do it their way. And I knew that it should be done differently. I knew that there was a better, faster, more efficient, more people-friendly way to do it. And, and that's really what I sought to do. So yeah, very quickly, I mean, it was me on the dining room table. The first person I hired was an assistant. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, how can I afford this, right? And ever since my advice to anyone who's starting a company has always been hire the assistant because all the time that you're spending doing the little things that you don't need to do can be spent on actually building the business. Um, and from there, once I saw how that happened, you know, we just grew and grew and grew. And now we have a team in New York, LA, um, and, you know, are continuing to grow. Yeah. Wow. And how big is the team now? Fast forward to now. 
fast forward, we have just shy of 20 full time. Um, and we could have more, but that's what, what we do is very hands-on, very personal. It's not something that you can farm work out to do, right? It's everything that we do is relationship-based. Um, so, you know, over the course of five or six years, going from one to 20 is, that's been a, that's been a good pace. <laughs> and can you talk us through kind of some of the clients you represent now and also, um, who was your first big client? Sure. So some, some of the clients that we have now, uh, we do a lot of work for Meta, uh, you know, which is Instagram, Facebook, um, WhatsApp, the Metaverse. Um, so we handle a lot of talent for them. Um, we do Drew Barrymore's show. Uh, we do the Primetime Emmys, which is, you know, obviously one of the, one of the, the biggest award shows here in the United States. We do Pharrell's podcast. Uh, we, we do a ton, a ton, a ton of stuff. Um, the first big client actually was my former employer. Um, so Embassy Row and, and Sony, uh, what I was doing for them in-house, I then, you know, they became my first client and I was doing the job for them, only they were paying what they should be paying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... After college, uh, you end up at Fox in NYC um, as a field producer. I'm curious, mm-hmm. um, what did that process, what was that like? And also, um, what did it teach you about the industry? Sure. Um, well, being a field producer was a really exciting thing because um, it's really scrappy, right? You, you, you know, field producer means you sort of hop around. You're not on a dedicated show. You're not on a dedicated project. You just kind of go out wherever they need you. And so I learned a lot. Uh, You know, I learned to be very self-sufficient. I learned to be a really quick study. Uh, I would get calls that say, hey, we need you to go cover this event or cover this red carpet, or we need you to go interview this person. And, you know, I would just have to go and, and do it and Fake it till I fake it till you make it kind of thing, um, but it was really really exciting and it taught me a lot about the pace of the entertainment industry and how to think on my toes. The entertainment industry is notoriously tough. Um, I'm keen to hear kind of your experiences uh, from those early days in LA. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think um, it's I mean tough. Is, is an understatement, right? I think it's, you're working 24 hours a day. I mean, I, I physically could see what the entertainment industry was, how it was affecting me, right? Sleepless nights. I, you know, some, I would, I would go up and down and wait from, you know, just stress, right? Like my body was physically telling me like, Hey, you're, you're overdoing it here. Um, but you know, everything is always an emergency. Everything is really urgent and you know, your, your feelings and your emotions and all of that kind of don't matter when you're on these crazy projects with these insane timelines. Um, so that, you know, that, that was very, very hard and you have to prove yourself because there's a, there's a line out the door and around the block 10 times to get into some of these positions. Right. Um, and you just, you really, you have to grin and bear it uh, and, and, and really get through it. And, um, you know, looking back, I wouldn't change it for the world, but there were definitely moments in that time where 
I wasn't sure how I was going to get through the next day, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, so you've been working with talent for many, many years. I'm curious, when did you realize that you'd cultivated a superpower around working with talent? Oh my gosh. I love that. Nice, nice use of the word cultivated. You know, I think I always knew, um, I've always been a people person and I think that's the reason why people go and they start businesses, right? Because there's something that you know about yourself or your strengths or your skills that you are the master of, you know? And, and I think that that was what I always knew. I had this ability to not only understand people, but understand how deals work and how negotiation works. And I think those are really the, the magic ingredients in the recipe that is what I do. It's people, it's negotiating, it's compensating, um, and it's multitasking. And um, so, yeah, I mean, even now, sometimes I pinch myself because, you know, sometimes, you, you know, you just, you get so caught up in the day to day that sometimes you forget to just say, oh my gosh, yeah, look at, look at what I'm doing or look at that call just better, look what's happening, you know? So I think I'm continuously learning and reminding myself about, about that magic power. <laughs> and when it comes to working with talent, what would you say is the, the most misunderstood uh, thing? What's most misunderstood? Oh, yeah. I think people think that celebrities are, can I curse on here? Of course. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that people think that celebrities are assholes, you know? Um, and the fact of the matter is that they're just like you and me, right? They're, they're all human. They've got families, they've got schedules, you know, they're just a lot more in the limelight. And I would say nine times out of 10 in any of my interactions with celebrities, they're, they're more than friendly. They're absolutely wonderful. Um, and sometimes you catch one on a bad day, but that doesn't, you know, they're, they're no less human than you or I. Mm, that's a good one. And when it comes to like managing a relationship, um, how do you make sure that uh, you can maintain a great relationship with talent? Uh, sometimes, I guess, uh, you know, with deals, negotiations, uh, you know, sometimes people feel like they're not getting the best end of things. Like how do you manage that to make sure things don't go sour? Number one is honesty, right? And, and I think honesty not only in what you're dealing with, but honesty with yourself and what you have to, to, to deal with. Right. So if, if I have a certain amount of money to offer a certain talent that I know is far less than what that person deserves, I'm going to acknowledge that to that person and say, listen, I know that you would normally get more, but here's why you should do this. Right. And it's because the, it could be for exposure. It could be for a good cause, right? There's so many other incentives. So sometimes it's not just about money. And I think that's the way that I approach every deal, every negotiation is, hey, let's lay all the facts out on the table. This isn't about, um, I, I, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust my word and know that what I'm bringing to you is gold. And it works. And I get the same in return, which is wonderful. And when it comes to kind of experiences or stories, do you have any that you'd like to share with us? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's so many. I, I one of the most special moments in meeting a celebrity was uh, Betty White. Rest in peace. 
Um, and I was new to the talent world and I was working on this project and I got to sit in a trailer with Betty for probably an hour. And I heard her tell, she told me stories of her youth, of her animals. Um, it was just one of those moments that, uh, was just really, really incredible. Um, I think also being in a, being in a room with Dwayne Johnson, um, was, was pretty fascinating when I, when I was young too, and just the system that is built around him and, and, you know, how he keeps his, his fitness and his body routine, you know, I mean, he really is this amazing machine. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, gosh, I mean, there's so, there's so many stories. Um, but yeah, those, those two really stand out. Yeah. And, um, what about fulfillment? What I'm curious to hear kind of your most fulfilling experience working uh, with what you do. There's been a lot of really fulfilling things, especially in the last couple of years. Um, I think one of the most profound and fulfilling projects that I was a part of um, was called Dear Class of 2020. And it was a, a big online graduation event um, with YouTube. And, and we partnered with uh, the Obamas and Michelle Obama's foundation. And it was in, you know, it, we were a couple of months into the pandemic. Um, there was an, an insane amount of racial unrest, you know, here in the U.S. and around the world. Um, it was a really, really horrific and scary time. And there was this really beautiful thing that happened with this project where every, you know, celebrity from around the world came together to share this message of hope and unity. And it was one of the most just uplifting, incredible things I've ever been a part of. You know, Beyonce, J-Lo, Justin Timberlake, Lizzo, you name it. You know, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty insane and, and incredible. So that, and um, we were a part of, of another project that was actually just no, um, nominated for a daytime Emmy called Recipe for Change. Um, that was a show to highlight the AAPI community. Um, and that was, uh, that aired last year. Um, so we've gotten to do, we, we did a big, huge broadcast for Stand Up to Cancer, um, which, you know, is an organization that helps train for all cancer foundations uh, in the U.S. and globally. Um, so just a lot of, yeah, it's, it's really incredible to be able to use what you do uh, and, and in the entertainment industry and be able to give back in that way, you know. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success. You should come and check out our new podcast from Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in the trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs. People just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. Love to switch gears 
Talk about the business side of working with talent. There's been this massive movement now with the creator economy. So many brands now want to work with talent in many ways, shapes or form. And it's a really great way to to build your brand quite fast. So I'd love to hear from you kind of, what are the foundations for anyone watching this when it comes to working with talent? So the exciting thing is that now more than ever, talent is accessible, right? And it doesn't matter how big or small your brand is. You could be making, sewing socks in your garage or, you know, have a multi-billion dollar business and either way, talent is at your fingertips. So my best piece of advice is number one, really hone in on what your messaging is and make sure that whoever you're trying to align yourself with is aligned with that messaging and whoever your demo is, they are also aligned with that. And what I mean by that is far too often people just think, oh, well, they have a million followers, like they must be good, right? They must, like I should hire them. But the fact is that just because someone has a ton of followers does one doesn't mean that they have engagement and two doesn't mean that anyone that's looking at their stuff is going to be interested in your product. So, you know, I have a lot of these types of calls where people say, well, yeah, but they've got 10 million. Like, why don't we go after them? And it, that it, it's, it's more important to be aligned with audience and messaging now more than ever because there's so much, um, you go through Instagram and it's just everywhere, right? You're being targeted constantly. So now more than ever, you just want to make sure that whoever you're aligning with, they are, their audience is who you are trying to target. And what about negotiating? Like, uh, what what are some foundations there? What advice would you have when it comes to working with PR or, or or talent individually? Yeah. Well, the good thing about creators is that it's pretty transactional, right? A lot of it is based on how many followers they have or what their engagement rate is. There's a lot of these programs that you can purchase that actually uh, can show you analytics, right? So it it does keep the creators honest. You know, have they bought followers in the past? Like you can you can learn a lot of that um, by doing a little bit of digging. But um, most creators have what's called a rate card, and you know it's it's pretty spelled out. So it says, okay, for one static Instagram post, it's five thousand dollars. For one story, it's this amount of dollars, right? Um, so anytime you're reaching out to someone, that would be my first question is, do you have a rate card? Let them present their ideal numbers to you. And then you know what you're starting with, right? And maybe that that's out of budget. But again, going back to what I had said earlier, maybe there are other pieces to the pie. Okay. I can't quite afford your rate for a story, but what if I throw in, you know, this gift card or what if I send you a thousand dollars worth of merchandise or, you know what I mean? There, there's other ways to incentivize them, but I think get their numbers first and then you have a leg up. And what are the biggest mistakes that you see people make when it comes to working with creators or talent? I think it's just that numbers thing. I, again, you know, I, it's far too often it's just people get so caught up in the number of followers and they don't pay attention to anything else. Someone can have 10 million followers and then you look at a photo and 
or a reels and you know it has like a thousand views that well those numbers aren't aligned it means that while that person at one point got all these followers nobody's engaged in that page and therefore not a lot of people are going to see what it is they're selling on your behalf so engagement 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 is the most important thing and for someone watching this that wants to, I guess, start working with really high caliber talent um, and they've got an established brand, uh, they have traction, where would you say to even start? I would say call me, uh, call Cultivated Entertainment. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a few ways that you can go about it. But yes, yeah, so there's, there's companies um, like mine, right, that are third parties that can really help you navigate. I don't get any kind of back-end deal from talent. So whether you want Joe Schmo or Barack Obama, you know, I will get you what you want and, and communicate how you get that person. Um, but there are a lot of these agencies that are influencer agencies, right? And so you can go to them and say, all right, this is my budget. And then they will pull from their own clients. So you won't be able to be so selective They'll say, here's who we have on our roster. Here's who will work for that amount of money. Um, so it's just not as curated as a, as a, not as curated of an approach. Um, and I think not as effective, but, you know, six in one, half dozen in the other. And when you started uh, Cultivated Entertainment, I'm curious, what was the original vision and, and has it changed? And where do, you, where do you think you guys are really set apart? The original vision was a version of this for sure. Um, I, I really believe in going with the flow, right? In a way, I think there are directions that I want to continue going in, but the most important thing to me is continue to see the need and to fill that need. And that's what's brought me a lot of success. Um, you know, the influencer arena is fairly new, right? I mean, really only in the last couple of years has that market blown up. And we have a lot of experience in both the traditional talent side, right? Talk shows, late night shows, game shows. But then we also have this experience in this creator world and we're able to marry both. So for me, it's not so much I have to do this or I have to do that. For me, it's about I have to always remain relevant and I have to go wherever the trends and the needs are. One thing I think people really struggle with is this fear of kind of if you do want to work with with talent or creators or you want to align your brand with an ambassador of some sort, um, this idea of kind of getting in touch with that person or even opening a door to have a conversation, what it what advice or lessons learned could you share when it comes to unlocking doors? Because this is something that obviously, you know, you have an incredible track record in. I think the, the best way to open doors is to really appeal to the talent, right? Don't, I mean, how many emails do we all get a day, right? Where it's like a, a cut and paste job and you know, they've sent it to 20, 30, a thousand other people, right? And you just sort of pass through it. I mean, that's, that's just what happens. So my advice is be unique, stand out, and not just in the appearance of what you're sending, but in the message that you're sending as well. If you're really trying to reach a creator or an influencer, 
tell them why, why are they aligned? What do you love about them? How do you see your, you know, how do you see them working with your brand and vice versa? Um, and you know, sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't, but that is, that's going to give you the best foot forward. And then with talent, is it around finding the gatekeeper first because they are, you know, you know, high profile talent tend to be kind of someone's protecting their time and requests and is, is it, is it around finding the gatekeeper or? Yeah. With high profile, like more celebrity talent, you're going to have to go through the gatekeeper. Um, with high profile talent, there's three gatekeepers. There's an agent who handles all of the deals, right? So transactional, if you've got a ton of money, go to the agent. Money speaks to agents. That is what they do. Their job is to put money in their client's bank. I mean, of course, like, advise them. But at the end of the day, agents really look at that, the money, right? Then there's the manager who, who arguably is probably the most important. They make all the decisions. They work hand in hand with the talent. They oversee every aspect of the talent's career. And then there's the publicist. The publicist generally works on things that are non-paid. So they're for promotional purposes. So if you have, say you want to get, you have a product, your brand is a product and you want to send it to a bunch of celebrities, the best route, you know, to, to get it in front of them, the best route for that would be to go to the publicist, say, Hey, I have a ton of product. I know you have these five female clients that I'd love to just send them this. Usually they'll have you send it to them and then they'll get it to the talent. If you say, I've got a million dollars and I want so-and-so to be the face of my product, that would go to the agent or manager. So i got a fun one for you. This is okay. off script. Um, okay. So at Founder, you know, we interview some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation. One we haven't interviewed, which um, is on the list, and I'd love for him to share his story and do something in depth in a unique way, is Elon Musk. So if you were representing us, and we gave you the brief, how can you get Elon Musk front cover story for our magazine and uh, you know, producing content on our platform? How would you go about it? Great question. So Elon is a tough nut to crack because he doesn't do a ton of stuff, right? So with some of these talent, there's short lead and long lead. Elon would be a long lead, right? And that's someone that, okay, you and or other folks on your team, we need to put together a very personal appeal, right? Why him? I mean, it's very obvious, but you know, let's put our best foot forward. And then with someone like him, he has a lot of layers. So most of his things are routed through the communications team at um, SpaceX or Tesla. Um, and there's a couple of people, right, that are sort of the, uh, the gatekeepers, the, the key gatekeepers, let's say. Uh, and we would get it in front of them. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not that I have a magic wand, right? I can't force anyone <laughs> to, to say yes, right? Um, but I can help position whoever, you know, you or whoever my client is in the very, very best way so that they have the best shot. And, you know, if, okay, if let's keep working on that for a year, who else can we, who else is in line? What is it about Elon? Again, that's a terrible example because he's Elon Musk. <laughs> so of course it's obvious, but you know, I can't tell you how many times I get on a call and everyone says, all right, we want Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. And I'm like, okay, well, what is it about those two that you really want? Right? Is it 
that they're funny? Is it the demo? Is it the diversity? Is it the star power? So that's a big part of what we do too, is, is work with you to understand what is it about that and really help you come up with other ideas too that you may not be thinking of um, that could help you reach that same goal. I suppose as well, um, you, know, you talk about Dwayne, we, we interviewed Danny uh, his Danny Garcia, uh, his yeah, business his partner. His ex- yeah. yeah, and um, the same, the same uh, PR firm that represents Danny also represent Dwayne. Yeah. And I think it's also well, about building relationships too with the right PR firms as well. Yeah, you would say that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and again, that's why I have a business, right? Because those PR firms have worked with me and my team for years and, you know, we bring them things that are quality. You know, they know that if we're a part of it, that, that it's, it's not crap. Cause I mean, look, think about it. How many, how many random emails do you think somewhat people send to Dwayne Johnson every day? I mean, yeah. I can't even imagine, right? I mean, he's the biggest star in the world. There's probably a hundred emails a day that like, can we get Dwayne to do this? Can we get yeah. him to do that? You know, and, you know, and bless his heart. He probably looks at almost all of them because he's like that kind of a guy. Um, but yeah, when it's coming from someone like me, it's, it's automatically, it's different, right? It's recognizable. It's a source that they know it's, it's a trusted friend. Um, so yeah, that, that's a big part of it too. Awesome. Well, look, uh, this has been an amazing conversation, ton of fun. Uh, we have to work towards wrapping up. Uh, we're going to move to the hot seat round. So I'm going to ask you some short rapid fire questions. Okay. If you could go back to your first day in business and you could only give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be and why? Don't doubt yourself. Uh, because I think that's, that's the hardest thing as an entrepreneur, right? Sometimes you're on this, what feels like a lonely island you know, and as many employees as you have, as many mentors as you have, as many support people you have around you, at the end of the day, it's the weight of the world on your shoulders. Um, so, you know, some days are are trickier than others, you know, when you're starting out, gosh, did I make the right decision? Am I crazy? Am I doing this the right way? Um, so yeah, I think, I think you just got to go for it and you got to trust your gut and you got to believe in yourself every day. When is work fulfilling? Every day. Um, I think what's been the most fulfilling for me as of late is seeing this incredible team that I've built and seeing them, you know, take ownership of things and just be creative and driven and thinking how, how I think. And it's, it's so rewarding to, to see that. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Work hard. You know, I think it's when you think when you think you're tired, work harder. That's advice from my dad, who was an entrepreneur. Uh, and um, you know, it's it's you work, you work, you work, you work, you work. But it is so worth it when it's your own thing. Last question: If you could have dinner with any entrepreneur, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Well, I had dinner with, uh, I mean, Richard Branson is one and we've, we've had dinner. So I think that I sort of ticked that box for sure. I think another person that I've worked with um, that I'm dying to have dinner with is uh, Michelle Obama. Um, You know, she's an incredible entrepreneur and um, yeah, I just, 
never got the chance to have like a real convert, you know, a conversation beyond just the work. And she's just so incredible. Amazing. Well, look, thank you so much, Jen. You, you're awesome. Uh, really appreciate your time and uh, sharing all your experiences with us. This was a great interview. Thanks again for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.